Greetings, LUQ fans. Milanchi, Froxus, Kalbandrakar, Gortash, and Enishma. Welcome back to the entertainment phenomenon that pits bold heroes against deadly traps for coin and valor. I'm Kip Killigan, and with me as always is Stormclad Thundertongue. It's, uh, it's great to be here, Kip. And uh, might I say, that was a surprising string of salutations. Even got Orcish in there. You speak all those tongues, or is that rehearsed? That's a great question, Storm. I guess I just kind of picked things up. And speaking of picking things up, we're picking up the feet of hero rank team The Mortal Dawn, as they find themselves shrunken down to a tiny scale and searching for escape from a bunker below the frozen mountains of Dornheim. These kids have seen one hell of a ride. I mean, swarms of bloodthirsty roaches, flopping gums with fungus folk, and dodging what's gotta be just... just the biggest goddamn spider I've ever laid eyes on. Let me tell you, even if they stay this size forever, I think they got options for the questing world. I mean, getting into tight spaces, uh, stealth spying. Hell, they could even pop in someone's mouth and do some emergency dentistry. Something tells me they're far from out of harm's way in this secluded shelter storm. Let's watch and find out what kind of minuscule monsters await our tiny team. Mortal Dawn climbed for their life, up onto a structure called the Great Plateau. But this was nothing more than a table, for you see, they had been shrunken down to a tiny scale when they set foot into a magical fallout shelter deep in the mountains. They had been sent to check on the well-being of one Taurus Melbar, who they discovered trapped alone atop this gargantuan piece of furniture. He is an old, grizzled man with wild red hair that fades to white at the ends, with a thick walking stick that he leans on heavily. What the hell are you doing here in this damn shithole? It's good back. There's a giant spider following us, like right now. Oh, crap, he's back! And he looks <laughs> over the edge, and you see the spider with, like, a spear sticking out of its eye, skittering under the table, like, okay. to the bottom side. Did it have yellow teeth? Uh, yellowish fangs, but it was also brown and... But not lemony. Not not super lemony, no. Okay. It was not a lemony snicket. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow! It was a throat cough. Yeah. We should. We should. It was a soul get, cough. <laughs> we should probably get Morty up here pretty soon. Oh, oh there's, there's Morty. I'll get started. Sort of. And just hand over hand over hand over hand. You guys can talk <laughs> while this is going on. All <laughs> help. <laughs> Your doctor's been looking for you. You never write. You never call. <laughs> yeah, I feel really. Bad about that, but I've been kind of fucked and shrunk on a tiny <laughs> goddamn table. I've been stuck here for over a whole season. How? When? What? Why? Huh? Let me explain. <laughs> I've been living here for a long time. Over ten years. It's my home. And while it was maybe not my smartest purchase I've ever made, it was a good timing. The real estate prices were pretty low, if you know what I mean. And I was pretty sure that the mages were going to be attacking Dornheim. And I wanted to be safe. Either way, I kind of wanted to get out of the city for a long time, give up the business. I'm more of a hermit ever since I met my wife. It's the only reason I came back into the civilization. And ever since she passed, I was like, fuck it, I need to get out of here. My daughter's fully grown. She handles the business better than I ever did. So I took me wealth, and I saved up to buy this place. I still had quite a bit left over, and it was getting a little too small. Sent out word to the village of a Truce, and... Tried to see if they could get me a wizard out here to enchant the place so it was a little bit bigger. You know, more room to walk around. <laughs> Said he was going to open up some kind of node underneath that would make the place much more spacious. And I haven't seen hiding or hair of him. He just vanished. 
And then this happened. I was I was on me table looking through me books and keeping some paperwork for me next order and writing a letter to me daughter. And next thing you know, I was clinging to the table for dear life, shrinking down to the size of a shrimp. I'm starting to think that maybe instead of buying this place, you should have just taken your untold riches and gone to Legendary Acres. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of the place. Sounds too fancy for the likes of me. And I'd have climbed down a long time ago if I didn't have this damn bum foot and a shitty arm. Well, uh, you say you're wizard, the one who installed this node, you say? Aye, there's a trap door under me bed that leads to a chamber underneath. Nice little cavity. Plenty of room for a person to crawl around on her hands and knees. You say he just disappears? He went down there, did some magic, I saw a flash of light, and then I shrunk down and I ain't seen him leave. I'm willing to bet he might still be down there. Well, he ain't had no food or anything. If I didn't have some canned meats up here on the table with me doing my inventory, I'd have been fucked. Takes me two days to open one of these cans. It's a lot of work. I just kick them off the desk and then they land on the floor and who knows, there's probably dozens of them down there. Well, most important question, what happened to the other team? There was another group of adventurers like us looking for you. Do you know what happened to them? I thought I saw another group wandering around and I tried to signal them, but they didn't see me. Couldn't make the climb. I decided when I saw them, I'd start unraveling my old hat and get some threads going, but... Where did you see them? Well, I saw the door open, and then they shrunk down, and it kind of lose sight of them. They get so tiny. My eyes are bad. What, what else can you tell us about this wizard? Is there anything, um, maybe untoward about them? Well, he was more of a shaman than a wizard. He was the oh, first no. person that I got my hands on. I mean, you'd go to the village of Truce, you're not going to find an Archimagi. You're going to find some bummy old hobgoblin who knows some runic magic and take what you can get, you know? What is Sherman? Uh, shaman. Ah, shaman. Ah, sorry, your accent is very confusing. It's like ritual magic, you know. Oh, no. I say Sherman just perfect. <laughs> Chris, Chris turns to the party and says very softly, Well, I mean, it's a non-human shaman, and there's a feud, and they're missing. It's a very real chance that the shaman is a cannibal. Why Whoa. would you jump directly to cannibal? How yeah. else can they survive? Or just a, a botched spell, and now he's down there somewhere, and he's trying to get out just like we are. This sounds like city folk logic to me. Yeah, just because he's not human, he might be eating humans. That's what you're saying, Chris? Uh, you're talking to three bumpkins right now. <laughs> <laughs> there were literally dozens of those other creatures he could be eating, but no, he must be eating the other team. Is that what you think when you hear the word shaman? Just some kind of barbarian? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I do eat people's livers. I mean, I, I'll, I'll take, I don't. I'll take that one. Way to live the stereotype out of that. <laughs> well, I'm just flattered as fuck that my daughter not sent only sent out one group, but two. She must really care about me. Hero ranked two. This is a weird quest for a hero ranked team. I would expect Search and Retrieve to be a novice, but... Well, the Winter Throne Mountains are very dangerous. I'm not surprised that a group of strong adventurers are hired to survive that claim. Plus, I'm guessing the first one might not have been hero, maybe novice. Hmm. And then they were like, hey, your novice ranking team goes missing. Maybe we send in the mortal idiots. Well, if you want to go check on them, I can keep the, th the thread hanging. There's a there's a trap door under me bed that leads down to the cavity. Do you think we can open it at this size? Uh, someone else must have. If they got down there, there's a mortal little wee people that came since they're not hiding around on the floor. Or else they probably would have seen me. I've been signaling nonstop. Uh, well, I mean, no time like the present. Unless you have some particular way you can help us. I mean, I can't even claim down. I can give you any more information you want, but... Well, I think everything's pretty straightforward. Uh, we have a shaman. We have a missing team. We probably know where they are. Maybe. I'm guessing they go to the right place. 
or they're eaten by lemon tooth. That was my uh, one more question we should ask of this fellow. So, do you have a pet? No, I've never really been a pet guy. Do you have a rodent problem? Yeah, I see an occasional rodent around here. Lots of cockroaches from back when I made a big spill on the floor. That was kind of a mess. Never really got around to cleaning it up. Oh, do us a favor. When you do, when you do get big again, maybe save those mushrooms. Save the fungus. Oh yeah, they ain't hurting nobody. Some of them are cookable. They don't taste very good, but you don't get much food down here. And a little variety is not bad. Good. Thank you. It turns out that something about this magic might be waking them up. They're thinking. They're seeing. That's some powerful magic. I thought it just shrank us down to little pittance. <laughs> maybe. But whatever happens, I kind of promised them that uh, they would uh, live in comfort and peace as uh, maybe a food source. Well, the fella that I sent down there, his name was Tarvask. And as I said, he's a hobgoblin shaman. He's either dead or missing. That's for sure. We encounter an awful lot of hobgoblins. Oh, they're very common in the Winter Throne Mountains. Many as them, and there are humans. Do they speak with funny accents and make good food? They do a little bit of that. I'm not opposed to some hobgoblin cooking. It's better than my wife's, am I right? Eh? <laughs> I don't know. I've never met your wife. <laughs> <laughs> he said she'd been dead for some time. I don't think there's much competition. Mm. I thought you meant that when she's dead, she probably doesn't cook very well. That is exactly what okay. I meant. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, if you want to stick around, I can crack open a can of sardines. It would be a lot easier with five of us. I am very eager not to be tiny anymore. Perhaps you go, unless you have more questions. Is there any way we can take tours with us? I'm too old. I'm not claiming down that little thread. I'd rather die on this table. Fair enough. All right, what? We go back down thread? I'll keep an eye out and make sure that bloody spider don't try to nip at your heels as you're tumbling down. Let's get lay of lens, maybe. I'll go to the edge of the table and just kind of soak in as much of the information as I can. Sure, sure. Um, you get a pretty good vantage point. I'll actually show you a map of it at this point. Glorious. Mm-hmm. I'm a little done Photoshop. He says the trapdoor is under his bed. So with uh, no argument from Taurus, the group can climb back down. You can even leave Morty down there if you want. He seems pretty content once you started <laughs> and talking to be a counterweight. So he's on the right side of the table, right? So he'd be going down into the Mold Valley. Yeah. So what we might want to do is kind of take the rope mm-hmm. and guide, lead it, guide it to the front so sure, that we're coming sure. down not into the mold again easy enough and there's plenty of light up here there's a torch that, or there's a lantern that's just ever burning you see the fire inside looks artificial and uh, he will help tie it to the lantern which is where it is already in, just to kind of rotate it to make it easier and you can all descend downward no one needs to make a save uh, you all rolled well enough in the last challenge that clearly your climbing chops are up to snuff and you kind of slide down safely. The rope is not hard on your hands. It's a soft cloth. I wipe the sweat from my brow since I don't have to roll more athletics checks. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you can see at one moment the spider start to emerge again as you're descending. And you hear a loud shouting voice and the pen gets flung off of the edge and kind of bumps into it. <laughs> he says, hey, come and get me. Leave those lol on. You've been trying to get me for weeks. Come and get me, bastard. And the spider climbs up. Hopefully he'll be okay. And uh, you all descend safely and make it down within view of the mold field. And there is the shadows of the bed full of dust bunnies and just barely being able to make out the rim of what looks like a door into the floor. I do not fancy being hit by another group of those stupid uh, cockroaches. So maybe we hurry. Didn't the mushroom people say to avoid the dark area? They did. Why was that again? I don't think they elaborated. I think they just said stay out of the... I'm guessing this is where Lemon Tooth lives. Hmm. Well, no time like the present, and I'm guessing giant rat is probably not probably not too difficult. Da? Da? Mm. <laughs> I bet. We just better get ready to run. All right, so the party takes off at a strong clip towards the trap door underneath what is called the shadow caster or the bed. Um, and the dust bunnies that you're encountering are like massive, like tumbleweed-sized clumps of just dirty fluff. 
and uh, you get up to the lip of the door after running for a good solid like 15 minutes and uh, you see that it's sealed pretty well along the edge flush with the floorboards but there is a spot in the corner where the wood meets and it's kind of been like gnawed away and it's pretty wide open it could probably all of you could fit shoulder to shoulder down it we can go down into trapdoor this is okay there's definitely not going to be anything in there and where the wood gets not in there's kind of a soft descent of dirt from the sub level that you can pretty easily climb down like a little hill that leads into the darkness below uh do i see any like two liter sized rat pellets around this chewed hole in the wood <laughs> there's no giant rat shits within okay. line of sight you mean a two liter bottle of shatsta yeah mm. comparable in taste i'm assuming i'm assuming based on our current size that'd be about how big it was probably a little bigger actually rat turds are not small yeah they'd be like a little pony keg yeah <laughs> <laughs> and you manage to climb down um it's very very dark down here how can see all right rtm can see fine but the other two are very blind in the darkness uh i cast light on their respective weapons um i'm gonna move far enough away that i'm still in dim light rather than the bright light from sure the... so you have 10 feet of full light and 10 feet of soft light coming out of each of your chosen handheld whatevers and Harothax is remaining kind of on the shadowy side of that radius. And you immediately see the reflections of lots of shiny metal bits in this little long wooden passway. Um, there are little support beams and just crinkled up paper and chunks of rotted food that are very small and broken into tiny pieces. And at the long end of it, just at the edge of the furthest light you can see, and this is only for you two, mm. um, you see what looks like the wood rises up into a small platform and there's just like a bunch of trash piled up and down here you see all kinds of pony kegs <laughs> uh you said metal bits yeah like t like cans that have been thrown off the table have been brought down here and ripped up into small pieces oh, yikes i i'll pick up a pony keg sized piece of rat shit and i'll be like i think we were right about the rat thing don't touch it why are you touching it Marco, the germs are too big to infect me <laughs> <laughs> Duh, this is okay <laughs> hilarious um yeah and you can hear what sounds like a muffled noise coming from what is this nest of trash at the end of this long walkway. You want to just set it on fire? I think maybe be very careful. Because if the, uh, what's his name? I can't remember the name of the shaman. Or maybe he's domesticated it. Duh, probably. He's just going to ride it into battle. If this Tharvask is uh, about, I'd hate to burn him alive. Also, small fire leads to big fire with wood above us. <sighs> There's not that much oxygen in here. Do we want to just roll a mass stealth check? Let's get a stealth from the whole party and we'll take a nice average. I get disadvantage from armor, right? Correct. I'm going to use a bit of luck. <laughs> oh, it would have been a natural 20 and it's a 10 instead. That's not bad. Plus three. Critical failure. Ooh, much better. 13. 19. Hey. 20. Okay. Well, that averages out a little bit with a couple of low ends and some very high ends. Um, you move down fairly quietly. You navigate carefully around piles of trash and ripped up small fragments of larger things. And you make it close to the nest and you hear more of this muffled sound. It sounds like an argument. Unless the rat has also learned to talk, I'm guessing this is probably our friends. I mean, rats have bigger brains than mushrooms. <laughs> I'm not going to put that outside the realm of possibility. Just in case, I'm going to grab my crossbow, my shield. And you look up into the nest and hear the, the argument happening. It looks very climbable. Does it look quietly climb climbable? You make a little noise from the crinkling trash and things like that, but otherwise... Might as well. Is the argument in common? Yes. Can we listen to it just before we climb in? Yeah, you hear like some muffled voices being like, It's too dangerous. We can't do it. We have to. We have to. Hail, is this the broken ballad? 
You hear them like quiet and you see a pair of gleaming yellow eyes look down over the edge of the nest and they go wide. Oh, my brace are up. And they immediately vanish. And then you see a group of four uh, humanoids peering over the edge, gesturing for you frantically to get up into the nest. They will do exactly that. Yeah. You are all helped up with a very short climb. And before you, you see what looks like a tabaxi uh, wearing full plate armor that is very soiled and dirty. Um, What's a tabaxi? It is a cat person. Uh, large cat ears, feline face, sharp claws, and a long tail. Hot. Uh, you see <laughs> you see a very stout uh, and sickly emaciated dwarf with a red beard uh, who's wearing just like leathers and what looks like a hunting cloak of animal fur. Um, there is also uh, what looks like a very tall female elf with like dark red skin and extremely long ears and white hair. And she's dressed in dark grays and tightly bound wrapped fabrics. And then the uh, last figure who is kind of leaning against the side, which what looks like an injury, is a female half-orc um, with wide shoulders dressed in a kind of monastic, bound, tightly close cloth. Um, all of them very soiled and sickly looking. First things first. I hold out my hand and then open it. And as I do, the little mushrooms kind of like appear. Hmm. You look like you need this. Ah, you use good button. I do. Good button. My little uh, good berry, uh, but flavored for Artyom. Uh, how many is it? We'll just say five for five? now. Cool. We'll check it later. Uh, and the dwarf eagerly steps forward and says, Another, another league quest team. Wait, 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 wait. How? How? This? It's madness, isn't it? There's a shaman here. Uh, we never saw the shaman. Hmm. I'm guessing he maybe is uh, being digested. We have to be very quiet. And the, the tabaxi steps forward and says, Yes, Lemon Tooth is near at all times. He hears everything. We can't escape from this bloody nest. What is Lemon Tooth? It's a giant, horrible rat. We've been trying to leave this nest for, what is it now, six days? Every time we get any distance at all, it hunts us down and brings us back. He carries you back here. He thinks we're treasures or something. He refuses to eat us. He just keeps us with all these baubles and garbage. Ah, uh, it's probably your armor. Maybe. Or maybe he's thinking. Any evidence of intelligence? He seems more clever than a normal rat. We've never been able to hide from him or outrun. He's very keen. My name is Marim. I'm the party cleric. Artyom Volkov. And this clawed hand shakes it in the dwarf. Uh, Darl, party ranger. And the tall, red-skinned elf says, Talira. Darl is a what? A dwarf. And uh, the injured one is introduced as Greta, who is a half-orc monk. Did you sustain that injury while you were fighting it? It bit down a bit hard on me. Yeah, never tried to kill me, but it, it's so powerful. It's like it's like trying to fight with a behemoth. This magic is maddening. We just want to go home. We give up on the quest. We don't care anymore. Obviously, they sent another team. I just want to see my family again. What happened to your monitor? It got ripped to pieces. It made itself present for a moment when we needed help identifying what was down that way. They say pointing down a long crevice. We got near one of the nodes. The, the magical things that, that that wizard tried to make... We heard about it in back in Truce. We did some research on this weird shaman that came out here. And we found some of the magic, but this rat got us before we got to investigate it any further. And in the process, uh, one of our party members was consumed. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Yeah, Vask. Nor did you ever find that? He was consumed by the node, not the rat. By oh. the node? This some kind of powerful elemental plane, planar hole that's been opened up and is causing all this strange dimensional shifting. I don't even think that we've been shrunken down. I think this space has just grown massive inside. What? Literally. Have you noticed that we don't feel any lighter? Like, if you try to climb, everything was just as heavy as before? 
I am a bit of an expert in planar <laughs> shifts. It's my area of study, says the sand elf. Look, there's, what, eight of us now? Yes. Are you capable of fighting now that you've had a delicious button? We were ready to fight from the beginning. I can't see any reason why we couldn't fight our way out, but better to avoid them if we can help it? Yes, that is wise. And if we split up, one group can go for one node, we'll go for the other, and we can shut them both down and reverse whatever this horrible magic is. How do you propose we shut them down? Well, in my studies of planar shifting, it might have it might have manifested into some sort of entity, but it, it doesn't want to be here. It can't possibly. It must be in agony. Oh. If we can put it out of its misery, it can return to its home plane and end the magic that's holding it here. Arvid, what do you know about fighting large animals? I fought bears. I'm assuming this is larger than a bear relative to a person? Much. Does your tribe have any uh, tactics for taking down large mammoths or anything like this? Uh, you always use group tactics. My my um, my uncle usually planned it. Big uncle. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> your uncle, big uncle. <laughs> 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 Which was his name before he became an uncle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they were planning. It. Beautiful. Uh, I love furball culture so much. <laughs> uh, Such a rich tapestry it's weaving for me. Distract and then the evisceration. I think they, they picked up tactics from wolves. I like this two-step process. Distract, eviscerate. <laughs> it escalates very quickly. Yes. Yeah, um, we had this one thing where you you get like rope around its neck and then... Mm. I don't know. <laughs> this is okay. I just followed them. Look, are, I was never a good hunter. Are we trying to fight the rat or the nudes? If we hurry, we might be able to make it there before the rat is If aware. we get, just in case we get cornered by the rat, I was trying to make up some tactics. Okay. <clears throat> the dwarf says, I, I think its underbelly is probably its weak point. Mm-hmm. Doesn't move real quick neck-wise. If you can get behind it or up on its back, it probably weakens it quite a bit. Arvid, this is what I need you to do. If it shows up, we'll distract it, you run back, you turn ram, you ram its tooth, crush it. <clears throat> you break the tooth, it cannot carry, it cannot do anything, and likely it will run. That sounds great. And you all are aware now that the monk who is still injured, kind of leaning up against the wall, has gone deathly silent. And there behind you, you see a towering form of a behemoth rat with tangled fur rubbing its tiny grubby paws together, looking down, towering over the eight of you with gleaming yellow teeth and shining red eyes. It looks like the broken ballot have been found. This hero rank team, hailing from northern Danmere, made up of five cunning quest specialists, was thought missing for the past few weeks, but thanks to the tireless trekking of the Mortal Dawn, they're back on the air. Uh, I thought for sure the ballot would be vermin vermicelli, or squished under someone's size sevens either way. Nice to see they're no worse for wear, though, if a little bit roughed up. Let me tell you, Kip, when a team goes missing, no one wants to be the one to start filling out death certificates. But the list of things that can end a career as long as my arm and twice is deadly, so sometimes you just gotta assume they ain't coming back. Mortal Dawn themselves were missing in action just last season, so I'm sure they can relate with the fear involved in being cut off from the rest of the world for an extended time. Yeah, the Silver Pennants went missing once. I gotta tell you, it was a goddamn nightmare. Oh, we had a job from some fisherman who kept finding dead whale carcasses in the fields surrounding his town. Turns out some big mean Mama Rock was stacking calories to feed her newborns in a nest the size of a farmer's market up on Horn Point. So we start to get intentional about things and she scoops us up like a dither off the street. 
And I'm thinking she's fixing to make a slurry of our asses and hunk us up for her bald baby's brunch. But she must like the cut of our jib, cause next thing you know, she's got us up in that damn nest side by side with her little chickadees. Shielding us from the rain with two tons of feathery bird ass. This is before Quadron's out there stealth suite, so our camera was lining the walls of our new home. Must have stuck up there for, what, eight, nine days? Our new mama wasn't keen on us wandering off, and anytime we did, she'd get it in her head she wasn't feeding us enough, and so she'd upchuck some brand new hot mess into our faces. <laughs> Excuse me, Kip. It's enough to put a pin in anyone's stomach, Storm. We'll be back with more gut-wrenching action right after this word from our sponsors. Second wind, feel the power and might. Second wind, keep your head in the fight. Second wind. Second wind, second wind. You've used second wind energy drink on the battlefield to keep you hydrated and fighting strong. But what about studying for the big arcane final tomorrow? Or maintaining concentration on a powerful spell? Reach for the all new second wind wizard view. It's the only arcane focus you'll need in great flavors like chamomile, anise, and electric gray. Second wind wizard view. Take your spells to the next level. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, LU cuties. I'll try to keep this housekeeping short, but as I'm looking at what I've written down, I'm starting to realize it probably won't be. <laughs> uh, you may have noticed that the audio quality is a little weaker on this episode. At the moment, my edits are about eight hours per episode, and that's a lot of time. So this time around, I decided to go a little light on the editing, just to kind of hear what people have to say about it. And this is the last episode before we switch to our new mics with better sound isolation, which will cut down on the roominess, and that'll no longer be an issue. But I'm very curious to hear what people think about the ums, the ahs, the stutters, and all that stuff. I usually try to cut all that down so that everybody sounds a lot better, but if you prefer the more raw sound of this episode or if it doesn't really affect you, let me know and maybe I'll just loosen my editing grip. That being said, we've got some amazing episodes coming up. Uh, the next episode is the first episode where we have our new guest, played by Anthony Cafiero. And I gotta say, this next chapter is insane and super cool, with some very serious story progress. Moving on, I want to thank all of our patrons for their continued support. It is unbelievably heartwarming to see that people actually like this ridiculous show and have to throw money at us, and every dollar goes towards making the show better. In particular, I want to thank our legendary team, Jeff Ammons and Dave Mladenov. You guys are amazing. I'd also like to thank a little place called Denmark. I know it's probably getting old hearing about the Danes, but just this last week I found that our Danish fans have actually grown to 20% of our listenership. That means one out of five people who listen to this show are Danish, and that is insane. Uh, 
We love you Danes. Keep it up. But we also love America and Canada. Uh, our audience has been growing by about 20% every month, and it is a trip to see things taken off. If you want to show your support in person, Luck will be at Rose City Comic Con in the Orcs, Orcs, Orcs booth Saturday the 14th from 11 to 12. I said 11 to 1 last time, which was a mistake. So if you want to meet the dorks who record net this stuff, uh, come on down and we will have stickers and pins and other whatnot. But seriously, I want to thank everybody tweeting about the show and trying to get the word out. Before I started podcasting, I never realized just how important word of mouth was in getting things out there. I always kind of figured that it was just a drop in the bucket and it wouldn't really make any difference if I made the recommendation. But now that I'm here, uh, looking at the stats and the community, it's abundantly clear that every word is vital. The only reason we're growing is because of you. And if everyone who listens to this episode told a new person every month, there would be no end to how far we could go with this. So if you love the show and you want more, please tell everyone and keep listening. This ad was inspired by many of the DMs at Orcs, Orcs, Orcs. This weekend at the Danmerian Solar Dome, it's Bardstock 15. Three days of live shows featuring headliners Smash Dash Thrash Slash and dozens of your favorite musical artists. The Grateful Undead, Backstabbeth, Aladrin Light Orchestra, Displacer Beastie Boys, Sex Crossbows, Lawful Neutral Milk Tavern, Deep Purple Worm, System of a Drow, Diane K, Mithril Talica, The Velvet Underdark, Re-Rolling Stones, Earth, Wind, and Fire Elementals, Skeleton John, NPC Speedwagon, David Longbowie, Chitin in Chains, Florence and the Constructs, Thin Lizard Folk, Wyvern Skinnerd, Madron English, Smash Mouther, They Might Be Hill Giants, and so much more. Three days of Bardic Majesty, three days of inspiration, three days of Bardstock 15. Get tickets today. You see the rat chittering to itself, licking its lips lasciviously, chattering excitedly, except for Arvid. You hear, More treasures! Delicious, tasty, shiny treasures! And it leans in to sniff, and the group immediately recoils to the back. Says, oh God, no, uh, not Ar- again. Arvid will take a step forward and go, Yes, I am a wonderful talking uh, the bobble. And it leans down. Oh, you say good words. <laughs> and it sniffs, and its whiskers are just like inches from your face. And, Arv- and Marty- Morty's like behind you, just like. And it starts like. Not understanding any of this. Just yeah. seeing it washing its little hands with its little yellow teeth. I'll like tap Archie. I'll be like, Look, it's giant Regis. <laughs> you're still here with me and are treasures for the nest yes and he says like grabbing some trash and starting to like put it on top of you to like weigh you down uh, uh, you bring food too what no no I smell food there's no food I just smell delicious yes not not actually edible I'm I'm like uh, the cans you know with the food in it yep mm. Not much food lately. Now get food, maybe eat nest. Oh. Um. And she's just chittering, right? Yeah, it's just like a chittering <laughs> Arvid's just... Blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, I don't know where to go. And the dwarf like looks to you and he's like, You're thinking, Dr. Rats? Uh, just for now. Uh, apparently. Arvid, Arvid. 
I don't know a lot about rats, but I know they love treasure. Maybe they can, maybe the note, they think the known might be treasure. Hey, my friend, my new friend, what is that shiny thing down there? Is that a treasure? It glances behind it quickly. <laughs> you, you smell like old man. What? <laughs> I smell him, the food dropper, the can giver. Yes, I used to be his bottle. Now I'm yours. You make him give more food. Uh... Open cans, sweet meats inside. Can I be not understood? Is that an option? I can talk to them or I cannot, right? Yes, you have to choose yeah. who you're talking to because it's two different languages. All right, um, folks, I, he's he's saying some stuff about wanting to go and get food from um, Torres. Would you would you say that I should go up there with him and, and be it? This, this could keep him away from you while you do your node stuff. If we, I believe that if we tell him to come with us to the node and fight whatever elementals out there, that he could have unlimited food. Unlimited treasures. Wouldn't even have to be unlimited. Rats are pretty short attention span. Just tell him we'll give him a can of food if he helps us break the notes. The old man has said that he can give you all the cans you want once those nodes are gone. <sighs> we have to destroy them, don't we? Many cans for lemon tooth? Yes! I bet all of these baubles here would be useful in destroying the nodes. You bring cans after we go deep. Take to shiny place. Yes. I take you for cans. Ah, uh, this many. So uh, holding certainly. up his rat fingers, which is actually eight, but... <laughs> 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 yes, even this many. Pinkies. <sighs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, you, uh, move too slow. Uh, uh, he hunkers down. Get, get on Lemon Tooth back. Okay, everyone, get on the rat. The dwarf is absolutely flabbergasted by this conversation and the rats submitting to your decisions. Should have prepared that spell, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> God damn! You've had six days and it didn't occur to you? <laughs> Have you ever been truly hungry? Tend not to think very clearly. Ranger really is the worst class. <laughs> I, I don't even have it as an option right now. I'm a custom homebrew build. <laughs> I gotta learn that one when I level up, that's for sure. Great. So you can go to the fire node and we'll go to the ice node. This is okay. Thank you, all of you. Maybe wait until we leave before you head out. Even just getting out of this nest and knowing that there's something besides this fate in front of us, even if it's death, is a great thanks. You can take us later. And I shall. And you take off as the group of the Broken Ballad, their four remaining members, take off to the leftern... Le- the leftern. <laughs> the leftern. <laughs> I like that. The leftern path. Yeah. Uh, and you guys head off to the right, riding on the back of Lemon Tooth, cruising at incredible speeds through these narrow, winding, up-and-down wooden divisions underneath the floorboards of this compound. And you make it to a open earth uh, cavity with more wooden support beams above it and the floorboards hanging overhead. And the heat is immense and it's fully lit up by this glowing rune coming out of the ground with just a gout of fire seeming to hover over the top of it and there against the wood and the stone is the fully scorched skeleton of a full-sized humanoid just burned away even the support beams and some of the floor that is hanging above you as ceiling has been scorched with this heat and seems to be weakening as the fire burns looks like we found our uh shaman oh and the skull has very large tusks that sort of protrude from the base of its jaw. Is there anything we can do for him, Artyom? I mean... Yes, let me make him magically okay. Oh, no, wait, he's a fucking corpse. I mean, I could cast Speak with Dead, but he'd probably be really loud relative to us right now. 
the noise is not the only thing I'm worried about, about waking up the man who just burned alive. And then you hear the sound of a gentle weeping, which evolves into a shriek of pain. Just... <laughs> it hurts! And the fire grows brighter as a humanoid being of pure flame steps out from the burning rune, sensing something consumable. So the burning elemental steps out of the glowing fire rune, wheezing with pain, making the entire chamber fill with this immense heat, just gripping its heart in agony, begging in pain. It hurts! And it turns into an anger as the fire pours off of it and it begins to run forward, its feet hovering over the soft earth, burning away the soft stone underneath it. So at the top of the initiative with this wheezing, raging fire lumbering towards you is Artyom. Tell the damn rat to destroy the rune. Maybe that'll help. And that way he doesn't have to fight anything. If you can blast, I can do spiritual weapon. I won't be able to do it for a little bit. Um, then in that case, I'm going to go ahead and whip up a spiritual weapon. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pull out my rapier. The tip of it's going to glow a little bit. And then I'm going to cut a like an eight-pointed star into nice. the air. And then it's going to turn into my uh, sun chakram. Drop it like it's hot. I will drop it exactly like it's hot. I get to attack right off the bat, right? It does get to attack right away, yes. Cool, then I will do that. Shazangus. Uh, that's not great. What, what What's his modifier? Uh, your spellcasting bonus, so I think... So, 15? That just hits. <laughs> okay. Uh, damage is... 1d8 plus spellcasting modifier. 5 damage for that bad boy. 5 is 5. <clears throat> yes, it is. And thankfully it's force damage and not like fire damage or something. So it cleanly like cuts through one of the legs of the elemental and fire starts pouring out of the wound. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Just geysering fucking like Tarantino-esque fucking mm -hmm. fire blood. Mm -hmm. Just shooting out of it. Um, cool. Well, since I can't do another uh, spell, um, let's see. Instead, I'll just go ahead and whip out my crossbow and take a shot. Okay. Let's see it. That's a definitely cocked die. 17 plus 6. That's a hit. Yeah. Cool. And that's a D8, right? D6. Yep. D6. 4 plus 3. 7. Got it. And the bolt strikes it, and it seems to, like, recoil from the impact, but then the bolt immediately burns to nothing. Yikes. Uh, well, I guess I'm not getting that back. Would you like to use any movement besides getting out your crossbow? I'm going to go ahead and run to the wall on your, to, towards you, towards the north. Okay. South, south, excuse me. And you are braced up against one of these wooden support beams, still warm from the fire. Next up is Harothax. Okay. I'm going to stand up to move my mini. The absurdity that casting fairy fire would have any effect is hilarious. <laughs> so I'm going to move northwest. Yeah. A bit. I'm going to move. That is a full 30 feet. Yep. One back then because my speed's only 25. Mm -hmm. I'm you. a gator. Um, so I'm going to move up a bit and try and kind of get out of the group in case this big Bernie boy or gal, really, it looks more like a female mini, uh, moves up and just like unleashes some sort of fire torrent on the group of us because that seems like that seems like a thing that I should be worried about. And <laughs> then uh, Herithax is going to like like start rummaging in their in their pockets and go. Which, which they're like clearly irritated by this big winter cloak that they're wearing is restricting access to all of their stuff and just throws the cloak on the ground and pulls out the um, the giant uh, conch shell and will go, well, if ever there was a time to pull this out and then just blow in it. Nice. It's pretty good conch. Sick conch, bro. Yep. <laughs> and your, your toothy mouth wraps around the bizarre piece of this bizarre shell and uh, 
every little bit of moisture that's remaining in the soft earth underneath the house that's been cooked and burned away so many times starts to surface and the condensation builds on the walls and then the the ground starts to dampen and pooling water starts to form right in front of Harithax. And slowly it forms into the shape of your weird friend. Cool. And I'm going to summon it, yeah, 20 feet in front of me, which should be right up base to base with that thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've played Pokemon, so I'm going to make my water type fight this fire type for me. <clears throat> Bonus for action, it. command it to attack the fire. Somebody Let's say see. It. You've got the stats on the back of your... Well, we don't know if it's super effective okay, yet. But. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, so it's going to roll a constrict attack, which seems like a weird thing to do, but that's what its attack is called. Mm-hmm. It has a 10-foot reach, so actually it's not so bad. Basically he's slamming Bam. into it. Ooh, that's a two. Yeah, that's a big miss. It's yeah. not very effective. No. It's, it's I'm not. sorry, I jinxed it. Yeah. It, it attempts to slam its uh, its aquatic body into this body of fire and just like sizzles and hisses and turns to steam before it even makes contact. And that will make it, uh, I haven't figured out a perfect name for the entity, but we will just refer to it as the node entity at this point. And we will not visualize things from uh, Domino's Pizza. We'll call it. <laughs> uh. It's definitely going to just move forward, provoking from the water weird. Because it is, in fact, a living thing. As it lumbers forward, clearly in pain, it's like leaning down on its knees to approach you all. And you're just like moaning to itself, I'm sorry, it hurts. Begins lashing its hands out furiously as the fire starts roaring and pouring off of its body. And it's going to make two big fire attacks. Uh, So my attack of opportunity was a 23 to hit. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then it's going to do... 3d6 plus 3 bludgeoning damage. Cool. Uh, and I'm guessing this thing is bigger than medium. Yes. It is immune to being grappled then. Sweet. So it's going to make one attack at Christ and one at Arvid. That's 8 points of bludgeoning damage. Nope. 11 points of bludgeoning damage from the uh, water thank weird. Thank you. So here it comes. Good thing we took that short rest, right guys? <laughs> It's always a good thing to take a short rest. Uh, against Arvid, I have a 13. No, 14. I'm sorry. This is yeah, thanks, Party just, Warlock. That's yeah. just... <laughs> and against Chris, I have a 17. <sighs> shield. You're going to burn a shield? I'm going to burn a shield. Very good. Quite literally. <laughs> so it brings the claw down on top of Arvid, and then it lashes out at Chris, but it gets reflected off of your crystalline shield of magic. A goddamn. You take 18 slashing damage and 8 fire damage. <laughs> I'm glad I shielded. <laughs> oh, yeah, you'd already be unconscious. Be <laughs> that one hit, just mm. done. And at the end of its turn, it uses the ability Aura of Fire as a bonus action. And it's crying out in agony, saying, I shouldn't be here! And everyone within 10 feet takes a d6 fire damage. So that is uh, the rat, Harithax, Arvid, and Krist. That's so <clears throat> but not Artyom. <laughs> How did I cock a d6? It's not even... <laughs> Six. Ooh-ha. Ah! You too. Ooh-ha. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And that is the end of its turn, which makes it Chris's turn. I feel your pain. We're here to release you. Chris then just starts to draw the symbol that means the warm feeling and peace within your heart in the Alcaran language. He does a calligraphal flourish and releases a hypnotic pattern. Okay. Are you going to target the friends as well? Uh, no, I'm going to try to target only the, sure. the, the dude. Yeah, you've got some, some space to play with there. I like that. Yeah. 
that's pretty cool. Uh, so that's a wisdom saving throw? I believe so. Yeah, it is. I'm just checking to see what my save bonuses are mm-hmm. and make sure it doesn't have any weird special abilities. Okay. That is a 19 for my saving throw. Damn. Okay. Sorry. It does, in fact, like calm and the fire kind of crests just slightly as it looks at the beautiful pattern. It says, no, no. When it ignites once again, it's trickery. All right. Chris just runs back into the corner. It's going to make an attack opportunity on you. Your shield is still active, though, until the end of your turn. So that's great. Okay. And I miss. Awesome. Whew. All right. Why did you run to me? <laughs> that makes it Arvid's turn. Um, yes, I'll say to um, Yellowtooth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lemon Tooth. Lemon Tooth. Who has yellow teeth? His name is Lemon Tooth. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It makes sense now. All right. Uh, yeah. Um, Arvid tur- turns to him and says, Lemon Tooth. All right. I'm just going right. to jazz it up. Yeah. Just jazz, <laughs> jazz it up. <laughs> Jazz it up. <laughs> okay. That's for you. <laughs> Thank you. It, it helps. Um, <laughs> so bardic inspiration. That's what yeah. it looks like. Yeah, man. That's, that's, that's what it looks like, everybody. Um, swift of foot and sharp of bite. If you can destroy his rune, you'll save us all. Uh, let's see either a persuasion or intimidate check. Am I going to intimidate him? Or you can use animal handling. Animal handling. I think so. I was like, there might be a skill that's exactly for this. <laughs> Oh, God, I'll give you, I'll, I'm going to give you advantage because you have speak with animals currently on you. I like it. Okay. Uh, 14 plus 5 is 19. Hey, nice. wow. Fucking baller. Very nice. It's a druid for you right there. Oof. And you lock eyes with Lemon Tooth and you see your reflection in his gleaming red eyes and he's like cringing in fear at this fire that burned against his fur. He says, blah, blah, Sharp! Dig! Rand! <laughs> charges forward. <laughs> And just like dives on top of the rune and starts just like chewing on it with his huge serpent, or sorry, saber-sized chompers, digging at it with his horrible, awful, dirty claws. I was just imagining a fucking rat with giant snakes yeah. for teeth. <laughs> Badass, <laughs> fucking mouth mara. <laughs> um, and then I just want to check. I can't. I can't shapeshift right now, right? It's a bonus action because you're is. a moon druid. Do I? Um, Maestra. Sorry, I had to. Maestra? Mm, yeah. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. It was My, Mouth, Mouse Hydra. Whatever. Maestra. Oh, very nice. Um, <laughs> Dumbest thing in the world I've ever said. <laughs> uh, yeah, I definitely should wild shape if I can. Yeah, you're going to goat out? Yeah, goat it on. Yeah. <laughs> Put the damn goat away and everything. <laughs> <laughs> this battlefield is changing dramatically at every single turn, right? <laughs> That's what minis are for. And I'm going to allow you to do the communication as a movement action. I mean, you literally just shouted something to it. So Sick. Um, So I could... You could butt-butt. You don't have your bonus action headbutt, but you could just do a standard... Standard butt. Standard bonk. Yeah. Yes, I would love to do a standard bonk. One bonk, please. That's a critical failure. Hooray! Oh, Let's no. roll the fumble chart. Percentages, please. 86. 86. All right. Well, thankfully, uh, you do not have a weapon to lose. <laughs> and it does not have an attack of opportunity to use to attack you. Otherwise, it totally would. So you yeah. lucked out on that one. Otherwise, you would have dropped your weapon and provoked an attack of opportunity. <sighs> but neither of those things are possible at this juncture. And with that, you hear a loud <laughs> from behind you as Morty comes vaulting over the ram and attempts to tackle directly into this horrible fire because he's a smart pup. And he has advantage because of pack tactics. Morty hits exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And he's going to take some damage. 
Mortal Dog just does not get the greatest roles. But mm-hmm. He did great in the minion fight because that's his forte. Mm-hmm. All right, he takes he deals a little bit, a little nibble, and takes a little fire damage in the process. I'm just going to keep a different tracker for Morty because he took a short rest too. Um, when the water weird hit the fire elemental, did it mm-hmm. take fire damage too? Uh, no, it, it doesn't. It's just okay. made of water, so okay. it's going to slowly phase away, but it doesn't take objective damage. Okay. I always thought it was weird when fire elementals deal things to water elementals. Okay. Like, uh, Artyom. Hello. I'm going to go ahead and, as my bonus action, move my little uh, weapon up to his just big, to the butt, sexy, hot booty, um, and give it give it a good good swing. Uh, and that's a sixteen plus six. That is definitely a hitto. And that's a D eight. That is a three plus three six. Got it. And then fuck it. I'm going to go ahead and hit it with guiding bolt. Okay. First level. Uh, third level. All right. Uh, I don't know how that works. Big money, uh, no whammies. If you hit, you will deal 66 instead of 46. All the other mechanics are, remain the same. Still has a plus six to hit and gives uh-huh. advantage. 17 plus six. Nice. That's definitely a hit. It's okay. A- let's, let's do some fucking damage. So nine. Mm-hmm. 19. Nice. nice. Cock. 27. Hey. That's it. And this thing doesn't resist radiant damage. Oh, nice. It's immune to fire, but Radiant's just another kind of damage. I'm glad. I, was, I wasn't I was sure, but I'm like, I'll give it a shot. I was and, real scared for a second. No, no Guiding Bolt, not Scorching Ray. We'll be fine, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it slams into it, and you sense the Radiant Energy striking it uh, has more impact than it would if it was just fire. There's something underneath the flame that seems almost demonic. Oh. I'm going to use my last moment to be like, it is infernal. Whatever it is, hit it with Radiant. Use your X. And that brings us to Harothax. She's a goat. <laughs> well, then stop. Well, then stop. I'm uh, out, outside of the, the, I have eight hit points left is all. Oh, yeah, never mind. I'm just going to move over to it. To the weird or the elemental? I'm going to move over to the weird, yep. Uh, and I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to hang out in the water weird space. I'm going to be like, well, I get, you can't reach anything at this point, so just shield me from fire. Do and I'm gonna like, get behind it. Yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna stand like in. You can make it rotate. <laughs> yeah, you can turn <laughs> in just, place. I'll just stand <laughs> in the water, and then I'll cast um probably bless. I can't heal. I don't have heals. And and in green flame blade, as mentioned, probably not gonna be super useful here. Nope. So bless it is. All right, everyone gets blessed. Yep, including Morte. You can do up to five. Yep, because uh, I've got third level spell slots. No, now. I figured I just wanted yep. to make sure there wasn't six, so you could bless lemon tooth. Nope, not till <laughs> not till I get fourth level spell slots. Sure, sure. All right, everyone, remember that you are blessed, and with that, it brings us back to the elementals' turn, and she is just writhing in furious agony. So she's going to provoke an opportunity attack. Now she's going to stay where she is. She's fine there. Uh, she's going to grab Morty and hurl him with one hand. Oh shit! Seeming to almost grow in size as the more fury builds within her. I'm rolling fucking crazy damage for her. Like, almost all max every time. Uh, Morty takes 26 points of damage as she lifts him up and hurls him to the side. And he's, like, smoldering with fire. And then she brings her other fist just down on top of your ram head. Uh, That's a 12. Okay. That's just it, right? I can never remember if it's 12 or 13 for your ram AC. Oh. That's the AC I hit. Okay. Then she does hit. Not as big damage that time, but still good. Um, 10 bludgeoning damage and 6 fire damage. She throws a flaming bow down on top of you. 
And now that it is the second round of her aura of fire, at the end of her turn, she's going to use it. The radius has increased to 20 feet for 2d6. You are just on the outskirts of it. <laughs> just barely. That's RTM. Yeah, that's RTM. You're like standing in the elemental, but you'll take half damage because of the shield of water that you okay. have protecting you. All right. That's, that's totally valid for standing inside of a water elemental. Okay. Uh, so, and Chris is just outside too. So Arvid takes seven, Morty takes seven, and you take three. Okay. Way to plan ahead. Yeah. That was just the worst high five. That was a, that was a bad high five. Um, yeah. And at the end of its turn, Lemon Tooth is just going to start eviscerating any corner of this rune that it can chomping and biting and you can see her like responding like kind of convulsing and twitching a little bit as the rune starts to get carved away bringing us to Chris's turn <sighs> you see this thing just wailing on your friends just even even the powerful arvid getting battered down under her might ah uh, chris just kind of takes a moment and just asks within i don't know what to do what do i do the energy in your palm of your hand cries for destruction destruction okay now Mr. GM, mm-hmm. uh, first, how how far is ninety feet from me towards the monster? That was pretty damn far. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the battlefield would, is your terrain. Okay. For that one. Would I be able to twin cast a chromatic orb as cold and create water so that the water elemental can move? Yes. I like this plan. Yes. Brilliant. So I going, like this plan so you're gonna, a lot. You're going to hit one on her and one at the ground between them? Yes. Mm. Absolutely you can do yes. that. And your so, hand is very excited by the My potential. hand is super excited. And I just kind of <laughs> give in and just unleash a torrent of ice and cold. All right. Roll me just a, a single attack check with your bless bonus. Can, bless can bonus. I give Alante inspiration? Because I'd like to give Alante inspiration. <laughs> in, in spirit, Alante has been given inspiration. <laughs> Please. You know what would be great if this crit right now? You have a plus seven to hit. That's not a crit. That's not a crit, but it's still an 11. Yeah, here, roll that because it landed between my legs. It's still an 11 plus wow. four. Plus. You do very, very well. You're in, you're in the, the mid-20s at that point. Yep. Um, so for the damage of cold, this thing actually does have cold vulnerability. Ooh. So you're going to roll me 6d8. Oh, I forgot. Can I? I've cast that at the third level, my last third level spot. I because guess we didn't late. get to give you inspiration, I will totally allow it. And even if you didn't want to, your hand is deciding it for you. Awesome. <laughs> so, Too bad. So could you roll me 4d8, please? Oh, it's, oh so it's a total of 8d8? Jesus. Uh, yes. You want my roll, trust me. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I do. Uh, so that is 45 cold damage. Oh. <sighs> as the mightiest chromatic orb starts as just a bead of light and flies out. And when it strikes it, just crystalline shards of glass and ice explode out of it in a sunburst. And it slams into the ground behind it, creating an ice slick between the base of the demonic fire and the water weird. That was an attack, right? Mm-hmm. He was supposed to get advantage on it. Guiding bolt. Against the... Well, let's roll again in case it's a crit. Uh... No. no. <laughs> that would have been so cool. Yeah. Could have been a clean 90 damage. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Oh and that brings it to Arvid. Well, me. The full attack now? Full attack now? Yeah. Are you going to rage or just normal? Oh, yeah. I want to rage. Cool. I want to rage. You'll start having some of the bludgeoning damage with your rage. All right. Let's see that attack check. You are blessed as well, so you get to add a d4. Fuegoat. Mm. Fuegoat. Oh, my. That's 16 plus 22. Yep. 22. Perfect. That definitely hits. So you're going to deal me 2d6 plus raging is a 5. 2d6 plus 5. That's uh, 11 total. Nice. 
as it's weakened and it seems to like fall to one knee from this explosion of ice you just slam into its torso like starting to knock it over and it's on the ground laying on its side sort of in a fainted pose holding itself up on one elbow just shrieking in this horrible deep pain uh at the top is rtm and you can tell this thing is about to either explode or vanish well um i'm gonna go ahead and hit it with my uh spiritual weapon yeah (laughs) 10 not quite i think i want to hit it with another guiding bolt yeah, I mean, it's I'm a good gonna, spell. I'm going to go ahead and do it. Uh, do it all the way up. Yeah, plus six. Uh, that is a definite miss. You are blessed. Oh, yeah, you get a bless. It died. That's oh, not going to make a difference. It, it might help. Yeah. Wait, I'm going to... Oh, no. no. The uh, the advantage was already used on your roll. That's right. Yeah. I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, Bummer. Okay, cool. So I just kind of hurl a guiding bolt to, at nothing. <laughs> what did you roll? I rolled a two. Okay. Would, yeah, and added three. We all, we all miss sometimes. Yeah. The heat of the battle. Do you, do you want to move at all? I will stay? move a good distance ahead of Morty uh, to the east. So basically as far as I yeah, can. Yeah, right there. Cool. Just running along the wall. And you get a very good view of a lemon tooth. His head is like submerged into the ground, digging deep in the roots of this rune that are buried into the earth. Uh, Harathax. As a bonus action, I'm going to have um, the water weird just slide on the ice up in just this tidal wave and crash down on this thing. Yeah, I'm going to give it advantage to hit because of the the ice slick that it has for momentum. Cube beans. Uh, that's 19. And that one was not, I don't think it was as much. Uh, the AC is 15. Yeah. So that'll hit and okay. it's going to take 3d six plus three. One, two, three. Yeah. It doesn't deal much, but I wanted it to be cool because of the ice eight thing. over here. Plus whatever that was. And at this point it's going to go down at the end of the 14, round. 17. Points owed damage. Noted. Thank you. All right. And then Haruthax is going to move 25 feet closer to this big old rune. And it seems like it seems like Lemon Tooth is affecting the rune, which is affecting that thing, right? They seem to be in conjunction with destruction. Then I'm going to use another my other spell slot to center right in the middle of that rune, just a shatter spell and just blow the floor up. All right. I like that very much. Um, You're not going to have to roll anything. Uh, Just hit hit me with the damage. Okay. As far as a d20, that is. 21 points of thunder damage to the ground and the runes. A huge crack forms in the middle of the stone runes and Lemon Tooth backs up as fire starts to pour out of it. And you see actual like tendrils of fire starting to creep and lurch out of this opening as the rune is now split open. Uh, That makes it the enemy's turn. And it's going to look back and say, No, yes, take me back. It hurts. No, the kill. And it turns back to the group. And it's going to make one last round of attacks before it begins to get pulled back into its node. And what is the most the most people it can wail on? I think it's just going to grab Arvid by the horns. Say, you're coming with me. Uh-oh. Did you say what they think that said? <laughs> I think so. Guess I'll just die. Yeah. <laughs> Guess I'll die. <laughs> Whoa! Uh... Um, so that's 34 points of damage. I am no longer that goat, but my horns are still on my head, so. Yes. How many hit points did you have left as Arvid? Oh, shoot. Not a oh, lot. I think Not you said. a lot. I believe you said eight. Yeah, it was eight. So 14 and eight was my. Thankfully, a little bit of it is soaked because you were raging, which brings it down to <sighs> 20 points of damage. <clears throat> okay. So I'm still, uh, I've got two uh-huh. hit points. Two? <laughs> yep. Wow. Holy shit. As this thing's pulling you into its body and these flaming tendrils are now wrapping around it and just dragging it backwards. I thought that was going to be an instant kill. 
Mm. It could have been if it weren't for raging. <laughs> and then maybe a little change. It, the math is close. This combat was brought to you by Rage. <laughs> <laughs> Viagra. It's, it's, <laughs> is that where it stops? Yeah. In, in the middle? Okay. All right. Um, and at the end of it, it's going to use its last aura of fire, um, which is now increased by double. So 10, 20, 40. I think that's everybody. Yeah, I think so too. It might, um, might not be me. Might not be Chris. Oh, just barely misses Ooh, Chris. That's... Shit. <laughs> And this is just a straight up 3d6 fire for everyone in the air. 3d6. Oh, okay. That doesn't double. It just goes up by 1d6. That's good. Uh, seven fire damage. I'm okay. That's only one more than we took the first round. And Arvid faints as this thing pulls it into its chest. And you see the, the, the furbolg Arvid form starting to crackle and burn away. Can my water weird, can it use its opportunity tack on Arvid to grapple Arvid? Yeah, let's give it a shot. Okay. What about my dog? <laughs> All right, I, I got a question. Mm-hmm. Arvid's unconscious. Mm-hmm. Does this mean that I have advantage to target Arvid? No. <laughs> okay, then I don't. I don't hit. That's a two on the die. All right. Well, the water weird's too slow, and it starts to turn, and the ice that's underneath it makes it spin all around. Okay. This is not its forte. Uh, that makes it Chris's turn. I tried. Oh, the goal here is to save Arvid, right? That seems pretty important. <laughs> up to you technically i mean you could you could enact another goal if you wanted to questions may be raised well you haven't you haven't steered me wrong yet what should i do i need to save arvid destroy all right flawless <laughs> <laughs> reaction sold <laughs> all right let's let's unleash another chromatic orb Yes, it is possible to to destroy the thing before it gets pulled back into the node. Yeah. Uh, You guys have dealt it a little more than I would have thought, so it is in the range where that is possible. Yes, and I only have a level two slot, so I'm going to cast a level two. All right, roll me that beautiful bean footage. (laughs) (laughs) You have advantage, or not advantage, but bless. I have bless, and I have one last bit of luck. Oh, that's good. Let's find out if he has bless. Oh, that's important. He's got bless. Hey. I took damage. Come on, come on, great, 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 great. Okay, that's 14 plus something. It yep. still hits. Awesome. So please roll 3d8. Damn, son. Mm-hmm. Max damage? Not no, too but far. I rolled pretty fucking high. Uh, so that's 32 points of ice damage. <clears throat> As the beast begins to get drug back, uh, you see the form of the demon get ripped out of the fire as this ice consumes the flame and snuffs it into nothing but steam. And there's this writhing mass of black worms with horrible red fangs lashing out of them that gets drugged back slowly into the hole. Even Hyrothax has to jump back so they don't snap out at its heels. And the body of flame slowly lets go of Arvid, who falls down to the soft earth as the worms get ripped back into the node. And with a bright flash of light, there's a... And the room goes dark. Sleep when you're dead. And I hit the uh, Arvid. I hit everybody with a uh, mass healing word. Mm, tasty, good spell. Uh, y'all get one d four, right? Yep. Plus wisdom mod. Plus wisdom mod. <laughs> That's a four. Uh, plus three, so all y'all get seven life. Hey, Yay. suck it down. And Arvid is now conscious at seven hit points. Uh, does that also hit? Can I hit myself with that? Yeah, you're in there. <sighs> so we see a scene from inside of this little hovel, this little bunker. As the floorboards begin to shift and shake and these eight full-sized humanoids climb out one after another covered in dirt, soot, and permafrost from under the bed. As the old man is now sitting atop the table finishing a can of sardines. We see another scene as the camera cuts with a group of eight traveling back together through the village of Truce. 
I want to open up a can mm-hmm. and set it down in the little hole. Perfect. <laughs> Actually, no, excuse me. T- I'm going to open yeah. up five cans Come on now. and set them down into mm-hmm. the hole. I love that. I believe the agreement was this many. <laughs> oh, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so 10, I guess. I'm holding up four or eight fingers. Yeah. The old man thinks it's weird. says, you saved my life. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Do whatever. <laughs> and he, uh, you see him hand the broken ballad team just a letter to bring back to his daughter. Hmm. Um, not part of the mission, just something that they're, they want to redeem themselves slightly. And the camera cuts and we see a group of eight traveling through the Winter Throne Mountains back to the village of Truce. And as the group starts to uh, get near to the town, you see a couple of bugbears waving hello, greeting you and happy that they're seeing their strange friends again that help them with their business. Um, and before the group reaches there, Harothax, you stop in your tracks and you hear a deep voice resonating through the earth, carrying up your legs and into your chest, saying, My needs come first. You are not done here. There is a gift for you at the heart of the mountain. Leave your mortal games for later. I will kind of slowly drop until I'm in the back of the party, move into some shadows, and just turn invisible. Donish goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Man, there is nothing like banishing your first demon. I wish I could go back in time and experience my first all over again. I was a bright-eyed, bloodthirsty orc, and she was a six-winged throne maiden on her first trip out the nether spiral. It was over as soon as it started, but... I'll never forget you, Falkyeva. Storm, you old softy. That was a close one for Team Tank Arvid and the rest of the Mortal Dawn. They suffered some fiery fury from that fiend, and it's clear to see how they've made it this far in the ranking roster. I mean, they got some real pepper when they put their heads together. They rely pretty heavily on magic, which can be a gamble, but results speak for themselves. And it's another big success for the Mortal Dawn, tying up this rescue quest in a nice neat package. As our heart-heavy heroes hike homeward, what harrowing horrors wait them in the waxing wilderness? Will they make it back in one piece, or will this next challenge finally halt the progress of our beloved ragtag heroes? Find out next time on the League of Ultimate Questing! Beautiful, flawlessly done. What a nice chapter in. Oh, that's <laughs> so good. Okay, okay so we got to do our read, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to let Does, my ears breathe okay, for a yeah. second. Does oh, anyone God. else feel bad about killing the elemental? Uh, not really, because it's wanted, a demon. Yeah, he wanted to go back home. What well, was? Yeah, it? I think it was a. Pain. I think it was a demon was that was demon. wearing an elemental like a coat. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm okay with killing that thing. Oh. Also, FYI, I totally left those stupid clothes under the floorboard. Oh yeah, I, I don't assume you went back. I did not put those back on. That's fine. <laughs> I like to thanks getting mad that the robes were in the way. <laughs> oh, that was that was tasty I delicious. My pockets. <laughs> tasty good. Tasty, tasty good. Nice. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. That was a goddamn good ending. Yeah. So uh that uh, wraps up chapter seven of the League of Ultimate Questing. We're gonna go around the table and tell you who we are. My name is Law, I'm the creative director of Slapdash Studios and the dungeon master and the miniature guy. <laughs> and I'm Sam, I played Arvid. I'm not dead. Yeah. Uh, my name is Michael. I play Heruthax, the Dragonborn Warlock, and I will probably not be here for next session because my wife's having a baby. Woo! Uh, which we can get very excited about because that means we will be having a guest star. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my name is Alante. Uh, I play Chris, the Crystalline Sorcerer, and I hear voices. 
Uh, my name is Zach. I play Artyom Volkov, the uh, cleric of sun and sorcery, and I am also the editor, producer, and uh, overall technical director for Slapdash Studios. Hell's fuck yes. Thank you for joining us for the League of Ultimate Questing. New episodes go live every Monday with bonus content every Friday. You can see if you follow us, follow us on social media. Uh, <laughs> You can listen to us at www.theluq.com or wherever podcasts are available. Speaking of podcasts, Slapdash has a new project called D20 Questions, where me and Zach interview gaming moguls, interesting people in the gaming community, have opinions, and make assholes out of ourselves. We'd really love if you listen and share it with your friends, because it's still young, still fresh, and very exciting for all of us. If you have questions about the show, are interested in advertising opportunities on either of those podcasts, or have ideas for fake LUQ ads, please contact admin at slapdashstudios.com. And once again, those social media links to follow us at are Twitter and Instagram at Slap the Dash or Facebook at just Slapdash Studios. We also have a Patreon that is live. If you want to join that and get all the cool prizes, see character sheets, magic items, maps from the game, talk to us on Discord. Those are all different tiers. We'd love to see your support. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with your friends so we can all keep growing and questing together. And until next time, we wish you luck. <laughs>